Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Hello, my dears. Today I want to share with you a poem and a story from an anthology that I just checked out from the library a few days ago. One of my favorite modern technologies is the library holds system where I can sit in my pajamas and put things on hold and just have books brought to me from throughout the system and deliver to my own library. A lot of times I'm looking for poetry books and if the system doesn't have the one I'm looking for, the next results that come up are usually poetry books as well. And often I'll just add all those to my cart, even though I never heard of them and hadn't known that that's what I was looking for. But I've found quite a few good anthologies that way, actually. And I'm really enjoying this one that came the other day. It's called The Poem I Turn To. Actors and directors present poetry that inspires them. So this book is a collection of poems and a little bit of information from the actor or director who chose that poem, talking about why they chose it, what it means to them. And I'm just a sucker for stories about why people like certain poems. So as you can imagine, I'm gobbling this up and enjoying it very much. The ironic part is that to me, these actors and directors are regular people when it comes to what they have to say about poetry. To me, a poet would tend to be more of a celebrity than an obscure actor would be. And don't get me wrong, I love hearing poets talk about poetry, but it's more of a rare treat to hear non-poets and maybe even people who don't read poetry very often, like some of these people interviewed in this book, hearing what they have to say and which poems stuck in their mind, often from so long ago. And that's one of the patterns I'm noticing in this book is how many people chose poems that they encountered or memorized when they were quite young. And often, like I mentioned, they're ones that were um, poems that they were required to memorize by some outside authority, usually a teacher, sometimes a parent. So it's fascinating to me to see that theme throughout this book. Those poems we encounter early, the ones we know by heart tend to stick with us. That's what I'm gathering. And you know what? Even more fascinating to me than the pattern of these poems um, that are so significant to these actors and directors coming from early childhood is the pattern in the stories of why the teachers introduced these poems to their students. It wasn't for practical, functional, um, teaching for the exam, curriculum-based reasons, but there's a pattern of it being because the teacher loved these things, and through learning them, the students could emulate their teacher and come into relationship with him or her by sharing that love. This isn't necessarily a progressive or popular view of the role of the teacher. In fact, I took several education classes that I remember really pushing back against the idea that this is what should be going on in the classroom. But this is an ancient idea of what a teacher can be and one I find beautiful and compelling philosophically and also one that's backed up by my own experience. 
the greatest teachers I had did this. They said, here's what I love. You can love it too. Here are my standards. I invite you to rise to them and share them and become more like me. So listen for that when I read what screenwriter Stuart Stern has to say about the teacher who brought this poem to him. And I am hoping to share another one from this book in a future episode that has a similar pattern as well. So that's something you can look forward to. (laughs) The poem he chose is called The Pasture by Robert Frost. It's a poem that's familiar around this household, easy enough for a child to remember, but one that you might find lingering in your mind after you've heard it. I'll read how it goes, and then I'm going to read (coughs) what Stuart Stern said about why he chose this poem. The Pasture by Robert Frost I'm going out to clean the pasture spring. I'll only stop to rake the leaves away and wait to watch the water clear I may. I shan't be gone long. You come too. I'm going out to fetch the little calf that's standing by the mother. It's too young. It totters when she licks it with her tongue. I shan't be gone long. You come too. And this is what Stuart Stern says. The pasture was taught to me by my favorite teacher, Miss Angie Lewis Purinton of Augusta, Maine, at the Ethical Culture School when I was 11. Miss Purinton, who was very imposing, wore fierce glasses and a hearing aid and believed that every school day should begin with a poem, preferably by Frost, and we each had our day to recite one. She had eyes that picked you out the way searchlights catch convicts halfway down a prison wall, a look that made you tremble, shook your soul, and polished it till it came up to her standards, and those grew into your own. She wouldn't lead her pupils to lunch until some boy remembered to bring her smock from the cloakroom, and two others leaped to open the door. And after lunch, she'd sit on the classroom floor and play jacks with us, and usually won. I went to visit her in Augusta when she was too old to recognize me, but she knew me, and she gave me a tile off her dining room wall that she had made in Miss Gillette's art class with the Japanese word for truth on it in bas-relief. It keeps me honest when I write. She knew I loved cows with calves that tottered, that I too cleaned pasture springs, and that Frost's wonderful invitation, You Come Too, would be an emblem of my life as it was hers. Miss Purinton had been gone for many years when I married, but saying the poem to my bride at our wedding was how I invited her to the altar, and part of me was proud that Miss Purinton would know that I remembered it. The Pasture by Robert Frost I'm going out to clean the pasture spring, I'll only stop to rake the leaves away and wait to watch the water clear I may. I shan't be gone long. You come too. I'm going out to fetch the little calf that's standing by the mother. It's so young it totters when she licks it with her tongue. I shan't be gone long. You come too. Part of my vision for Take This Poem was to have it be interactive. 
I imagined it as a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. So what would that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. You could send me a voice recording of you reading a poem to be included in a mailbag poetry reading. Commenting on the poem is welcome, but optional. Don't be shy. It's the only voice you got. What better use for it do you have than reading beautiful words out loud? Also, you could request a poem that you'd like to hear me read and ponder on the show. Or tell me what you've been thinking about these days and I could play literary matchmaker and choose a poem for you. And by the way, I am aware that I have a small but loyal following of youngsters out there and these invitations are all open to them as well. Send any of these or other ideas you have to take this poem podcast at gmail.com and join me in sharing good poems with this little community. I hope to hear from you soon.